Hi, guys. Sean and I have some exciting news. Uh, we have created official Twitter and Instagram accounts for the Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast. It is at Oh, Mr. Chef pod on both platforms. And that is Oh, Mr. Chef with two Fs. So Oh, Mr. Chef pod. Check it out. Follow us. It's going to have all the latest and greatest from us about this show. Um, and we hope you like it. Now enjoy the episode. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, and welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about 90s hits that come the 90. <laughs> <laughs> God, we are rusty. Listeners, we took Ooh. two weeks off, and we don't even know what we're doing anymore. Hi, I have brain damage. Um... <laughs> This is a podcast about the nanny. It's a TV show. And uh, I'm Shanti Pasquale here with Toria Sheffield. Hello. We are talking about episode 15, season one of The Nanny. Uh, mm-hmm. It was called The Deep Throat. And it was directed by Linda Day. And it was written by Pamela Eels and Sally Lapidus. And it is a pretty good episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the it's one the in which- where- oh. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to step on your line. No, do it. You're better off. Uh, <laughs> You're better. You're better. Uh, it's the episode where Fran gets her tonsils out. Mm-hmm. Do you still have your tonsils? I do. And they're inflamed at all times. And <laughs> I was one of those people who I went to the doctor a lot when I was a kid for strep throat. And every time I went, they would be like, well, if you just get it one more time this year, we'll take your tonsils out. And then I wouldn't get it. And that happened every year of my life, basically, um, until I was yeah. old. I have mine, but my sister was sickly like you, and she did get them out for the same reason when she was 13, and uh changed her life. You could yep, be a no, different- My life is a living hell because of it to this day, <laughs> and I don't understand why my mom just didn't go like, no, they need to be removed. But like, yeah, I have like speaking problems, I have breathing problems, it's all- definitely related to my super enlarged tonsils. But. Wow. So we already know who the Fran of this episode is. <laughs> um Okay. Well, oh, so this episode starts off. All the children in the house are sick, and Niles and Fran are waiting on them hand and foot. Yes. Um, and also, did which, you? Fl- which oh, only happens so they can call back to it at the end. Yes, exactly. Well, and it also, yes, absolutely. Um, did you? I, I'm gonna bring this up, but then I'm going to put a pin in it because I want us to circle back to it later for like an extended thing with nanny trivia. But did you notice there was also like one of those gay jokes that we've been tracking where, um, there was this really funny line where like they, they're serving the children, you know, toast and, uh, Niles is like, ah, yes. Like I remember when I was a child and like my mother used to hold me close to the fire when I was ill and make me toast and blah, blah, blah. And Fran has this funny line where she's like, Niles, we love you, but like, it's better if you remain a mystery. So it was almost like, like, don't overshare. Like, we don't want to know about your personal life. Um, And then he says, oh, and after I've listened to so many stories about your multifarious family, multifarious meaning many and various types. But then Fran goes, oh, only my uncle Harvey is multifarious. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning, I think he meant the derogatory term fairy and then she goes but when he sang somewhere over the rainbow you'd swear judy garland was in the room and that's like the bump bump and then they go into the uh the opening credits um and there's a reason that i want to put a button in that 
for later, but I'm just calling some attention to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and then the B plot is uh, we find out that Mr. Sheffield is going to accompany Cece to her college reunion with her sorority mm-hmm. sisters. Yeah. And so, and so we get, she's like super concerned the, the first half of the episode that she's going to get sick or that Mr. Sheffield's going to get sick. <clears throat> and this is like, this whole episode heavily hinges upon Cece being like a the worst person alive and b like the loneliest person <laughs> on the planet like this whole episode is hinged around like cc's life is pathetic because she's old and unmarried and has no prospects and yes. it's sad and we're going to show you how sad it is that's yeah, what I think well- the whole episode hinges on in fact i would argue that it is a actually pretty thin kind of weak episode that I felt like was only built around CC scenes, even though that's the B plot, the A, because nothing happens in the A plot. Mm, I, I slightly disagree. It, it, it was a weirdly paced episode where the thing that happens happens really late. Is it because uh, she says, I love you? Yes. The thing that mm. we talked about this before in the show, the thing that you think, would like start off the episode and be like the central like um, tension of the episode actually happens like 17 minutes into a 22 minute episode. And sometimes we say that like, maybe it's because when there's a bunch of like B and C plots hanging out and they don't really know what to do with them, they throw them into one episode. And it kind of felt like that could have been happening here because it's like, so technically the A plot is that Fran takes little Gracie to the doctor and then finds out in doing so finds out that she has to get her tonsils out. Um, and so it's like, okay, Fran's going to go into the hospital and have this surgery. And technically this more minor thing is that is this CC reunion thing. But it's um, so interesting to me that you <clears throat> see, I interpret it completely differently. I looked at it as they had like, they had like, a thing they wanted to do for the episode, they broke the episode. And then as a means to justify why all of this happened, they threw in this line at the end of Fran saying, I love you, but then very quickly sort of undo it one scene later by her saying, I love you. To well, like wait, let's, people, we don't right? want to confuse all the listeners that have never seen this episode. Before. I mean, again, so we'll, I'm going to we'll have to preface it. this whole episode by saying, if you haven't seen this show, you should definitely watch it before you listen to this, these episodes. Uh, well, but I have heard some people say they prefer to listen before. Then no. it gives them new context and texture. Well, okay. You know what? Since it's kind of like, I feel like we have a lot to talk about, the just basic plot points of this episode so everybody knows is Fran goes in for the surgery and they put her under anesthesia. And now oh, she's wait, getting- we should back up. We didn't even say. So basically the kids are sick. They go to the doctor in the process of being at the doctor. The doctor's like, you guys just have the flu. And then looks at Fran's throat and is like, but you have like tonsillitis. You need to get your tonsils removed immediately. And that's how she ends up in the hospital. She doesn't want to go at first. Then she decides, okay, I'm going to go. And everyone's semi worried, but not really, but it's enough of an excuse to get Mr. Sheffield to go to the hospital instead of going to CC's reunion. And Mm -hmm. that's sort of like, and then she gets put under on anesthesia to go get her tonsils removed. And she's like, you know, ditzy and, and loopy. She's super loopy. And she looks at Mr. Sheffield and she's like, I love you as they wheel her out. Mm -hmm. But that happens late in the episode. That's not like a first act plot point. It's like, this is, you know, much, much more well into things. Yeah. But yes, it also creates this situation where then Cece ends up having to go to the reunion 
alone. And Mr. Sheffield's like, I'll meet you there. Like as soon as Miss Fine is out of surgery, blah, blah, blah. So we keep kind of cutting back between Fran in the hospital and Cece um, at this, at this reunion with all these catty women. Um, we also have another great moment of physical comedy. Um, I think it's our second big moment of physical comedy after the Gracie's imaginary friend thing. Yeah. Basically when Fran has to spend the night in the hospital before her surgery, she's sharing her room with this old elderly woman who's like completely passed out. And Fran looks up at the TV and she's like, Oh, a Menendez brother special. <laughs> and she's like, let me turn up the volume. And she grabs what she thinks is the remote control, but is what is actually the thing that's controlling how elevated this elderly woman's bed is. So while Fran is pointing the remote at the TV and like aggressively pushing it up and down, yeah. we just see this woman behind her, like basically like, getting flopped around like a weekend at Bernie's corpse. Yeah. Um, which totally feels different than so much of what we normally see from this yeah, show. But I, I think it's just a, it's a, a preview of what I think is to come in the later season. I was going to say though, that actually, I, I actually wrote in my notes, like this, this physical bit didn't do it for me. It just didn't, it, it was okay, but I feel like the physical comedy we've seen before and what we're, we'll get to eventually um, I, I've brought up several times. It feels very, I love Lucy. It feels very Lucille Ball. But I think the key to that is that it was Lucy doing the physical comedy. And, and when it works at its best on the show, it's, it's Fran being put in that situation. And this felt a little more like they just like, were like, oh, this is a funny gag. And like, we'll just do this gag. It and, felt almost like a, know. like a fart joke. Like it was like yeah. a little beneath the uh the physical comedy that we've seen thus far well, because it was beneath the characters right it mm -hmm. wasn't to me it wasn't it didn't it didn't work as a successful physical comedy bit because it was almost too cartoonish yeah um though the the type of comedy that i thought worked really well for this episode is in the scene where fran is taking grace to the doctor she's yeah. uh pocketing all of the shit yes in she's like there's like cotton swabs and q-tips and those like a popsicle stick things and she's explaining to gracie like all the ways that these will be useful at home yes um which i great thought was scene. a great little gag but there were also some strong one-liners in this episode yeah um, before we get into segments i wanted to just also quickly wrap up what happens which is basically she gets super loopy says i love you to mr sheffield and so while she's in surgery he is talking to niles and he's basically like pulling his hair out and he's like He's basically like, Niles, what am I going to do? Like, you heard Miss Fine. She's in love with me. Like, poor girl. Yeah. Like, how could I not have seen it? And he goes spiraling into this sort of like, oh, I'm going to have to let her down easy mode, which is also revealing that he secretly is very pleased with this. Because he'll say, you know, he's saying things like, oh, she's secretly in love with me. And here I am thinking she's just a nanny. I mean, not that she's not charming and attractive and you know, has that special little way with her smile, but oh goodness, you know, and so he's completely like, yeah, he's spiraling, at which point they wheel Fran back into the room post-recovery, and she's just saying I love you to everyone, like all of the male nurses and like a bed that yeah. she sees, and he, they quickly realize that she was just basically drunk, um, and it's like a completely humbling yeah. comedic beat to Mr. Sheffield. Yeah, she's just high on, 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 on the drugs that they gave her. Yeah. And um, Niles literally, killers. yeah. Niles literally cackles as he leaves the room. Um, yeah. And then, it, and then, it, and then eventually 
Mr. Sheffield shows up at the at the reunion, but everybody's already gone. Like literally, the whole reunion bit is just so they can have one scene where Cece's alone at the reunion, and these two other women just make Cece feel like shit for being single and childless, even though she's like very successful in her business and she's like a rich lady, obviously. But they're just like, oh, you don't have any kids or a husband? Like, you're the worst person that ever lived. And she just gets really, like, it was, like, just, like, sad, honestly. It just made me feel bad for Cece. And then, like, the episode ends, as I mentioned, like, with a callback to the beginning, which is now Fran and Niles. Niles has now got a cold, and Fran is recovering from having her tonsils taken out. And the kids are now taking care of Fran and Niles, who are, like, annoyingly ringing this, like, bell to, like, get the kids' attention. And then the button of the episode is, <laughs> and I'm going to say this as delicately as possible, Cece drinks a cup of piss. <laughs> and I just wrote that with three question marks. And then, I, and then my additional note afterwards was, I don't know, maybe the weakest app. <laughs> because it was, it was also, I mean, <laughs> from our weird, like, analytical standpoint, it was also equally lazy joke writing where they go for physical comedy that is so unbelievable that it, it starts to feel like par- like cartoonish where it's okay, just like, we have to assume that cc a would just pick something random up off the table and pour herself a glass b that she wouldn't smell the piss before she took a drink of it c that like, it, like, there's just so wait, many questions wait 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 for context for context basically Fran is <laughs> lying on this couch and she doesn't have a voice because she just got her out. And then and then Cece walks in and she's like relishing the fact that she can say whatever she wants to Fran. And for once, Fran can't say anything back. So she sits down next to Fran. She says something extremely snide and then takes a sip of something that looks like apple juice. It's like in a bottle. And then Fran has this little board she's been writing on to be able to communicate. And she just writes something, turns it around and says, that's not apple juice. And that's the button in the episode. And my, yeah. my note was who's peeing in a bottle. Like they can both walk. <laughs> <laughs> also, bottle? also <laughs> why would Fran be the one peeing in a bottle? Wouldn't she need like, more than a bottle so it must be niles but again as far as we know they and like, they're in this fancy multi-million dollar living room and they're peeing in bottles like just, it's very strange it's it very was just strange. it was a joke it, that made no it was not a grounded joke um and but hey that was the freeze frame of the episode and then you know <laughs> hey cc drinks it that, that, and she like fully drinks it too because it ends on her like with it in her mouth going like oh no making like a face but it was again it was done in that like wily coyote steps off the cliff looks down realizes he's stepped off a cliff and then falls and it was like she smelled the piss tastes the piss and then fran tells her oh that's not apple juice and she's like and yeah (laughs) I, I wish it so badly that the HBO description of this was something like, yeah. Fran, Fran gets her tonsils out, CC drinks piss. <laughs> that'll be my, that'll be the description that we put on the, on the set. <laughs> I don't know why. I, it just gets funnier and funnier the more really, that I think about it. It really um, does. I mean, maybe that's right. why they did it. You know, who, I mean, who writer's rooms, especially like, like old school writer's rooms. I feel like a lot of times it was just whatever made them laugh, <laughs> you know? Yep. yep. <laughs> 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, well, let's get into our segments. And now, segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh with sean and toria <laughs> um all right yiddish so did you clock the word ganug when at the beginning the kids are ringing the bells and fran yells ganug with the bells already yeah. Genuk yep. means enough in Yiddish. Pretty simple. Yes. Pretty you, you, There's a lot of context clues in that one. Um, <laughs> but there was my, another word. Oh. No, no, go on. Were you done with, with mm-hmm. Yiddish? Okay, so there was another word that it's not a Yiddish word, but there's a joke where when they go to the doctor, Maggie, or no, sorry, Gracie says, um, but Fran, you said I don't want a gentle doctor. And then Fran goes, no, that's Gentile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, the doctor comes in and he's like, don't worry, I'm gentle. And that's when she's like, but I thought, but Fran, you said you don't want a gentle doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a Gentile, like, I don't know how, is that like a common? That's not, that's not um, Jewish. Like Gentile is uh not a, a jewish related word it just it does mean a non-jewish person but like the word gentile appears in like uh i think shakespeare it just means not jewish yeah but shakespeare was jewish wasn't he what do you know <laughs> i'm just kidding um but yeah no well i mean I, I don't know because it just felt to me like that was a word i heard all the time growing up and it was always in like a <laughs> semi-derogatory like oh they're gentiles <laughs> <laughs> let me um let me see. Gentile origins. So Google, I don't tell know. Us. It's Latin, late Middle English. Uh, they just, yeah, it's and a Latin. It non-Jewish? Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not a word that Jews made up. So it's, it's, if anything, it sounds like now I feel like, oh, is that just like an mm. anti-Semitic way for non-Jewish people to identify themselves as non-Jewish? Well, okay. I'm getting mixed, I'm getting mixed definitions. This will be good for correction corners next week. But um, <laughs> is the, the word stems from the Hebrew term goy, which means uh-huh. a nation. So, but okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There could be some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Yeah. Um, it's a goy the cup all right on new but um okay then we you had mentioned this earlier there was a ton of great one-liners i just yeah. literally have like one liner after one liner written down here that same. i love same uh, what are yours um see c- when when cc thinks that mr sheffield might miss her uh sorority party she goes maxwell you wouldn't leave me hanging and niles goes no, we'd cut you down in a week or two <laughs> and i just wrote savage savage Sav- always <laughs> Savage. Uh, when Fran is talking to the comatose woman next to her in the hospital, she goes, "You're a great." She goes, "You're a great little listener." <laughs> um, and then when the doctor brings um, Fran back from surgery, he goes, "Her adenoids, her adenoids were quite remarkable. I was afraid if I removed them, her head would collapse." <laughs> yes. 
Yes, yes, because of her, yeah. her they ask her to remove some of her adenoids to maybe yeah. change her voice quality. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I really liked another Niles, Savage Niles line is Cece says something to him about like, oh, what do I care about your opinion? You're just the servant. And Niles just without missing a beat goes, well, at least when I offer something, people take it. And she just yeah. looks pained and it, it it's such a good line. <laughs> yes. It was and it was like slightly meaner meaner. It was like at least people take what I what I give or yeah. I don't know. There was a more a more sexual undertone to it. Um which was great. Um and then there was also with the nurse this this nurse walks into the room and she walks in and she goes uh she looks right at Niles and she goes, "I'm Nurse Smith, get in the bed." And he goes, "I'm not the patient." And she goes, "Oh, I know." And, <laughs> and I, I have that note too. I thought that I'm was like, the funniest thing. I was like weird weird like horned up nurse (laughs) she's like i want you stuffy british guy (laughs) yeah i also have the note that i'm like i love niles and i love when he's on screen but don't you think it's weird that he's also there uh at the hospital when they're all getting her ready like they've just definitely like and you see this in a couple episodes coming up they're just now like finding any excuse to have them all together even when it wouldn't be realistic for like the butler to be yes to the point where in the next episode i believe they have him there and it's so out of place they actually give him a line to sort of justify why he's there yes and it's ridiculous and it doesn't sell and you're like okay whatever nanny writers yeah they just want daniel davies in this situation hey listen good for him he got it means he got paid you know oh yeah yeah yeah. um what else okay so oh i also like that fran called him uh schister meffield (laughs) made me laugh when she was drunk Um, yeah yeah when she's when she's all um Loopy. Which is all loopy on the anesthetic. Um, okay. So today's nanny trivia slash correction slash, you know, nanny out in the world. It's a little bit of a big one, but I think it's like definitely worth um, giving it its due. And this is circling back to how I mentioned that there was that gay joke earlier in the episode. And um, when I first watched it, I kind of went, oh, there's another sort of like outdated, like, kind of like, oh, the joke is that someone's gay situation happening from 1994. But then I happened to come across an article um, when I was Googling some stuff. And it was May 3rd from Logo.com. And it's an article specifically about the nanny's exceptionalism in terms of gay acceptance at the time. And this, and by the way, Logo is like an LGBTQ site that like, uh, specializes in stories like that. And I'll say this with a caveat, Sean and I are both straight, boring people. So we don't necessarily always know the ins and outs. Uh, we try. No pun um, intended. <laughs> um, but, and this article also refers to a recent YouTube video from a queer pop culture connoisseur named Matt Baum. So this logo article was hmm. written by Christopher Rudolph, who is himself a gay culture writer. So it's an article that also talks about a YouTube video um and so okay so so bona fides they got their bona fides yeah Yeah. (laughs) they are certified gays um yeah they got their gay cards and so we should trust them but so uh christopher (laughs) rudolph writes if you've been on gay twitter at any point over the past few weeks you've probably noticed that everyone is watching the nanny the classic 90s sitcom starring fran drescher was only available on dvd until last month when it finally hit hbo max now people are rediscovering the zany antics of fran fine and the sheffield family The Nanny has long been beloved by queer viewers for its sarcastic humor and I Love Lucy-inspired plots. 
But how are gay people treated on the show? The 90s were a tricky time for LGBTQ acceptance on network television, with some of the most popular series of that time, We're Looking at You, Friends, featuring homophobic jokes and storylines. Thankfully, the nanny was pretty ahead of the curve, according to queer pop culture connoisseur and YouTuber Matt Baum. In his latest video, Baum explores how the show handles gay characters. Um, in his opinion, the sitcom passes the test, with queer people almost always, almost never being the butt of the joke. Their sexual orientation is treated with little drama or concern. Mr. Sheffield does work in the theater, after all, which makes sense since Drescher co-created the nanny with her ex-husband, Peter Mark Jacobson, who eventually came out as gay. Their oh! Post- right? Total. I was like, ah! But um, oh. it says their post-marriage friendship was the basis for Drescher's TV land sitcom, Happily Divorced. Um, and oh. then, so uh, I actually ended up, let's see, oh wait, skipping ahead. So I, I wrote here a note to myself. If you, if listeners want to see the video that they're talking about on YouTube, it's from Matt Baum, B-A-U-M-E, and it's entitled The Nanny, Franz Fine with the Gays. Um, and then, so I watched the video and I- Yeah, we'll link really, it too. It'll yeah, be linked we'll, in the description we'll link of this episode. Well, the thing that was really interesting is that they specifically, he specifically calls out a joke that you and I had clocked as offensive. Um, and it's specifically the, when Niles is like, oh, I'm feeling a bit queer. And Fran goes, oh, Niles, like come out of the closet already or something. And, and then they, like, that was a joke. Yeah. And you and I interpreted it as, oh, the joke is that, oh, Niles is gay and that, and people are laughing at that. He specifically includes that to say, this joke isn't about Niles, being gay it was that fran misunderstood him when he said the word queer and then even more significantly she encourages him to come out and then completely breezes past it Mm. in fact in fact he makes the point that the nanny unlike many other shows of the time has a pattern of breezing past the fact that someone is gay which was entirely revolutionary for the early 90s and 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 i just wrote so that that was me sort of summarizing that's true you know, that's very, very, first of all, we should get that guy on as a guest. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this totally, I was like, you we know, should it, reach out to the YouTuber. Like it's a YouTube guy, right? We just, yeah. just reach out and be like, Hey man, we're doing the nanny podcast. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We, we saw, we read an article about your video and now mm-hmm. we'd really like to talk to you. Like, I, why not? Yeah. It can't hurt. I'm going to reach out to that guy. And it like kind of just, you know, was reminding me that because you, you and I, you know, are kind of res- constricted by our own perspectives and experiences there was like this whole other side to this show and this story that we didn't even know and we love the show and we're doing a podcast about this show so it was a bit of a wake-up call and then I also wrote that like it's an interesting perspective from someone who's actually a member of the LGBTQ community Um, and and I found a lot of uh, I found a ton of other articles and think pieces from other gay culture writers singing the praises of this specific show and I just made me remember that like it's easy to be very judgy of past art and entertainment because it's regressive by today's standards. And then we forget how it actually really helped move the needle forward in its own time. Fascinating. Um, It also is is a good segue to mention that we will no longer be doing this show because we realize we're completely unqualified to be talking to you every (laughs) week about the nanny. Goodbye. (laughs) We will let ourselves out. And then go to a lot of uh, sensitivity seminars. <laughs> and meet your new hosts, a proper LGBTQ person and yeah. another person. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, you know, I was I was kind of blown away by this. This I was super fascinated and um, I wanted to share that with our listeners because it was yeah, really cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, 
I watch a lot of older stuff with uh, Elizabeth, who's younger than me. Sometimes we'll watch stuff that we don't, um, that she hasn't seen before. Um, and she'll initially, you know, she, she'll do the same thing we did, which is like, she'll be like, oof, you know, like that stuff just doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. And there's been a couple of things where I was like, I don't know, I can distinctly remember as a kid that this was like a big deal that they were even doing this and at all, you, you know, even mm-hmm. if they weren't doing it right, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I, we watched something recently and and it was something about race and she was like, yeah, it doesn't really work. And I was like, yeah, but the fact that they were even talking about it and doing it this way, was like a big, like I can remember that being like, whoa, that's cool that they did that. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that it would apply also to, to, you know, to, this show certainly uh, even more so once you have that information about mm-hmm. her ex-husband and all that. That's that's really fascinating. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's a great show. I mean, mm-hmm. look, it's a great uh, friend of mine. Recently, was like, ah, I started rewatching that show because you've been doing the podcast about it. So I figured I'll watch one of them. And he's like, I don't know. I never really watched it much. You know, when I was younger. And, uh, and he was like, it's great. The writing is fantastic. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> like, I know. These two are fire. They're great creators. They put together great writing staff. Like they're, they're fantastic. What a great, what a great creative team. It makes me want to go and watch all of the other shows they worked on together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else? Wait, is that it? Uh, Fran or the CC. I feel oh. like we, we, Stab. Yeah. Well, I. It depends on how you want to spin it. You can be the Fran because you riddled with those um, health problems. Um, yeah. But I said my note was. I guess we're both CCs because we're both old, childless, and unmarried. But I guess maybe that applies less to you as a man in our culture. So I guess I'm the CC. I mean, I'm also in a in a five year relationship, and I recently bought a engagement ring. So, <gasps> is are we hearing it here first? Can we well, share that on the pod? W- well, so I did the math, and this episode won't come out until <gasps> after I've already asked. Oh and- my god. I also did the math and Elizabeth doesn't really listen to this podcast. It turns out. So <laughs> I mean, nor should she. that's fair. Oh my God. I just, oh, I just got so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was really cute. I was having, uh, I, you know, um, not to fall into any stereotypes, but I was having a lot of trouble, like just pulling the trigger and doing it and spending an amount of money. And my mom and my sister was visiting and my sister was like, where you just do it now. Like, just show me the ring. And I was like, okay. And I, I brought it up and I was like, this is the one and da da da. And she was like, she just clicked it. <laughs> she was like, there, it's bought. We're doing it. I mean, <laughs> like, well, they, they say it's supposed to be like three months salary or something. It's like some. Yeah, that's about, sounds about right. Um, so for you, that's what, like eight, 10 800, years. $800. <laughs> 10 years salary. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, for oh my me, God, it to just like 10 years of work and I was finally able to, you know, five years that we've been together. <laughs> um, I have so many questions, um, but I guess, I guess I won't bore listeners. But I want to be like, hey, we'll save it for part two. No, part two kidding. when There's... we talk about how uh, Liz said no and this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check back, You're... check back 15 episodes from now when it opens with me sobbing. <laughs> it just sounds like Sean's been drinking a lot. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Tori Sheffield Podcast with the nanny. I'm your co-host, Fran Drescher. Good night. <laughs> no, I'm really I'm really excited. I get I get Thank very you. excited about this stuff. Thank um, you. It's very exciting. Everyone, please uh 
be as excited as we are to listen to this podcast and like it and share it and leave comments um, on, on, on Apple Podcasts and all of the places that you can do so and send it to your friends on Twitter and, and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, you can also check us out on anchor.fm slash the nanny pod. And you can leave us a voicemail if you want. Don't you can do it. Please do it. Please leave just yeah, one it. voicemail. That's Even if eight. it's like you don't have to like identify yourself, do a weird voice or something. It would just be fun. <laughs> I'm going to start leaving us voicemails just um, so I have something to play. Um, and all right. yeah, I think, that, oh no, uh, you can find me on Sean Wright's at Twitter and you can find Toria where? Toria Sheffy. Two F's and a Y on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That's a podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye, Toria. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. uh, Miss Vine.